I keep seeing all these articles about what coffee does to your body, why you shouldn't drink so much coffee, what drinking too much coffee does to your body. I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. No, you just need good coffee. Yeah, where do I get that? Hacienda Real in Costa Rica. It's one of my favorite places to go. Yeah, every time we go to Costa Rica, we stop in on Vlad and, and see the operation. It's this beautiful little artisanal roastery roasting a custom blend of Arabica and pea berry beans. It's so yummy. It's really good. And the coolest thing is when you order it, you pick exactly what roast you want, whether you want it to be whole bean or ground. And within a day, maybe two of your order, it's roasted, packed, and shipped. Yeah. It's not roasted until you order it. Yeah. Like the last order I made, I made it on Monday. The coffee showed up on Friday. Yeah. It's so great. With with a roast date of Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Click the link in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Use the offer code. And use the offer code and get a great deal on some amazing coffee. And don't let people tell you how much coffee you can drink. So I love fall. Me too. But one of the things I like least about fall is I got to start wearing shoes again. (laughs) Because you know I'm happiest barefoot or maybe wearing some sandals. That is true. But I feel like a complete weirdo when I wear shoes without socks. So fall for me is time to start getting some socks. Yes. And for me, it's time to get some underwear. Time to hit up smart ass undies. Yeah, they're amazing. They're made from sustainable recycled materials and they have motivational words across the bum. Yeah. And I like it on the socks too. Today I'm wearing my courage socks. Tomorrow I'm wearing my respect socks and gratitude socks, all that kind of stuff. Integrity socks. Integrity socks. So I love that. And you look down and it gives you a goal for the day. There you go. Hashtag feet goals. (laughs) So again, check the link in our show notes and there's an offer code in the show notes as well. So you guys can get some amazing socks and underwear and save a bit of money and support the show at the same time. And this is Gene on Fear. <laughs> it's been a while. Happy New Year! <laughs> it's been a minute. <laughs> it has been a minute. Yeah, life just got a little crazy there for a little bit. Yeah, it did. It did, but we're back. Yeah. And just like that, we're back. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> Remember that time when I said, fuck that, we're not going to watch it? And then we watched the first episode. And then I said, okay, we're going to watch it, but we're not going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Remember that time? Well, we hate watched it. Spoiler alert. Um, we're going to talk about, amongst other things in this episode, the new, what are they calling it? A new chapter? The reboot. It's not a reboot. They don't call it a reboot. They, they call don't? It, no, they call it like a new chapter or something like that. Like, it's not meant to be, whatever, Sex in the City, the the obvious, even more than Sex in the City, the, the movie, too, <laughs> cash grab, oh my. and just like that. And it was awful. And cringy, mm, mm-hmm. and they killed Big Off at the end of the first episode. Wow, you're just going to go right there, are you? Well, because, you're just going to go right there. Because it was a naked attempt to get you hooked so you would watch more. Because everybody right. wa- anybody who had even a passing interest in Sex and the City watched the first episode just to see what was it going to be like. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Samantha, all the shit that we yeah, heard, yeah, right? Yeah. And then they kill Big Off, and you're like, well, oh, shit. Now, now I, I got to fucking see. Yeah. There's been a lot of people talking about this, right? Yes. There's been a lot of unpacking and pulling it apart and dissection. And what I couldn't help thinking about as we were going through this, as we begrudgingly went through this series, was 
the Golden Girls. And unfortunately, we recently lost Betty White. Mm -hmm. May she rest in power. Like 99 years old. Yeah, she was two weeks from her 100th 100. birthday, which is just, you know what? That just shows how fucked up shit is right now, where she was like, fuck it, I'm out. Like, yeah, I'm out. I can't anymore. I can't. I can't with these I can't, people. I can't with this anymore. I can't with these people. <laughs> you know, there was so much about this and just like that series that triggered me. Right. And I say that in a way of like, just pissed off and yeah. annoyed. And so you I got angry a lot when we were watching this. <laughs> well, you know what? When am I not angry? But it, no, but it took a couple episodes to kind of dial in. Nail down why I was Yeah, mad. why? what the anger was. Uh-huh. And I think if we can talk about this series in the context of let's alongside the Golden Girls mm-hmm. and what that meant, what that series was at the time and what this series is now and how Golden Girls kind of holds up in 2022 right i think there's a lot of contrast there and a lot of lessons to be learned and things to you know if they're going to go ahead and make a season two of they this won't. fucking hot they, garbage they, they, they they're won't. already talking about it are they I, really yes they're already talking about oh, it oh my god and it's like please please don't please please don't <laughs> if you think you're gonna do it just just, just don't just please don't yeah leave it leave it be yeah leave it be yeah but i i wanted to to talk about the Golden Girls, I have such an affection for that series. And I got you to watch some of my favorite scenes just mm-hmm. to, to get... Because you never watched it as a child. Is that correct? Yes. Golden Girls ran from 1985 to 91? Correct. So I was pretty young when it came out. Right. By the time it ended, I was certainly old enough. But, but it, why would you? But watch why it? would I start yeah. watching it? And yeah. this wasn't like we have it streaming on whatever. Like no, that's true. It yeah, just, it aired and then you never saw it again, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it went into syndication, and I was one of those people that wherever I could find it, I watched. You were watching it? Oh yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. But it was a little ahead of my time, and it was about not to be disrespectful, old women. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm a I'm a child, which is kind of funny because, and this is why. The contrast kept coming up in my head and the parallels kept coming up in my yeah. head. So for those of you that have not seen The Golden Girls, it was four women in their 50s mm-hmm. and one in their 80s right? that lived together in Miami. Three of them were widows and right. one was divorced. And I think, you know, there are so many things that made this series magical. And it's kind of interesting because what's going on right now with women about how, you know, all these misogynistic pieces of shit that have their own podcasts are talking about, you know, the worst thing in the world is for women to die alone. And we're all like, bitch, we're going to go and do it Golden Girls style mm-hmm. where they they were four women in their 50s and one in their 80s living together. And the 80 year old was the mother of one was of the them. mother of one yeah. of them and were a support for each other and kept each other from being lonely and shared the financial burden of life after losing their husbands, mm-hmm. which is kind of a you know, like good news, bad news story where it's like, (laughs) why is it that you live your whole life and then you're older and you you lose your spouse and you're financially precarious because that's just the way shit goes. Unless four of you share a house. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I've thought about that too, where it's like, well, like that's not a bad way to live. And communal living is something that is gaining a lot of traction. Well, yeah. For people. Yeah. So the cast that they had, it really was something special. So we had the recently passed Betty White playing Rose Nyland. She was from Minnesota Mm -hmm. and kind of the 
Pollyanna, very naive, a little bit airbrained at sometimes, mm-hmm. and kind of the butt of a lot of jokes. Yeah. You had Dorothy, who was played by B. Arthur, who kind of has a razor sharp, sarcastic wit. Then you have Blanche Devereaux, who's played by Rue McClenahan. Southern Belle. She was a Southern Belle, and it's her home that they live in. Right. Um, she was wealthy or married to a wealthy guy or something. Married right? to a fairly well-off man. Yeah, that, that was their marital home. Oh, it was a mar- in it Miami. Was, it was their marital okay. home in Miami. And then the fourth one is Sofia Petrillo, played by Estelle Getty. Mm-hmm. And she was Dorothy's mom. And in the first episode, the old age home that she lives in burns down. Uh. And she has a stroke that has, they explain it in the first episode. She, and it's a little bit, it's a little bit cringy, but they explain that she has a stroke that destroyed the part of her brain that filters what she says. Right. So basically she has like. She has no filter. She just says, and Blanche is basically the slut of the group. Yeah. And Dorothy is the kind of level-headed wise one. I guess, I guess Sophia is the wise one, but. And these women are all in their early fifties. I think Blanche is the youngest at 50. At 50. We saw that one of the episodes there. And then I think they're all around, like they're all in their early 50s. And you contrast that to And Just Like That, where they're supposed to be in their mid 50s. Right. So if we look now, if we kind of switch over and we look at the Sex and the City ladies, we've got Carrie. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about sort of making them analogs to each other. And it kind of falls apart. They don't quite fit. Rose and Blanche for sure, are yeah. like Charlotte and Samantha. Yeah. But it kind of falls apart, the the direct comparison. But, I mean, we have Carrie, mm-hmm. who's your protagonist, which, I mean... I would argue she's the antagonist of the whole series. For me, she is. Yeah. I, you know, I hate her most of the time. Yeah. Especially in this new series. She's, she's not redeemed in any way in this new series. No. <laughs> no. Charlotte is sort of the Rose analog, who's yeah. very traditional yeah. and a little bit of a Pollyanna. Yeah, and a, little a little bit, bit naive. Yeah. In this series, she is almost unrecognizable as... Physically and as, and her character. Right. Yeah. And look, we're going to talk about cosmetic surgery and more in depth in another episode, but, and hey, whatever you want to do, that's up to you. But I was shocked when I saw her. I remember seeing, as it was filming, there was like leaked photos from the set. Mm -hmm. And there was this one of Miranda, Charlotte and Carrie walking somewhere mm-hmm. and I remember seeing it in the show and and you look at and you go who the fuck is that is that Charlotte yeah it's just, her face is not she was arguably I think one of the cutest in the original mm-hmm. series mm-hmm. her and Sam kind of like mm-hmm. but she is I don't know what the fuck happened you think she had like some face surgery done, oh she right? did oh yeah like they she definitely... had some lifts or something gives her kind of like a ghoulish mouth well I feel like when when women have facelifts and they kind of pull their faces back towards their ears towards their ears it elongates their mouth out and then they can't even say mansplaining without it sounding weird and I think the other thing that shocked me about this series was it almost seems like they all forgot how to act Charlotte especially. Charlotte especially. But they all seemed very, they seemed like shadows of their former character uh-huh. selves, you know? I just want to say something about the casting of the Golden Girls. It was kind of interesting. And this is way beyond, way before your time. But 
I don't know if you remember that Betty White was in the Mary Tyler Moore show. Mm-hmm. And she was a like a very lusty, oversexed type character. In the Mary Tyler Moore show? Yes. Oh and then Rue McClenahan was in Maud, and she was a very traditional, naive, Pollyanna type character. So when they went to try out for this series, they both tried out for those characters in the in in the series. And they and the producers them? went, Oh no, no, no. And they swapped them. So Betty White ended up playing the naive character and Rue McClenahan ended up playing the oversexed character. Right, right, yeah. And I can't even imagine it any other way now. No, you you couldn't now. After after that, it's so iconic. Yes, absolutely. And it's such a classic 80s sitcom type format with the laugh track and yeah and the set like do they ever leave that the house they, they do sometimes rarely but i guess but, but it, most of it is set up in the house yeah and, and i mean lanai. i was like i found out three months ago what a lanai actually is i thought a lanai was just a, a deck like a back patio and i think it was you that told me that a lanai i think it was one of the 90 days we were watching and a lanai is like a covered like a netted yeah back patio yeah so really, there's no bugs really popular in in florida where right. you get a lot of bugs right and, in and like crocs. in hawaii yeah and, and animals that could walk up and like climb into your pool yeah and they're quite they're beautiful i've been to places that have these lanai's where they have it an must be pool. amazing it's amazing it's like a little oasis and, yeah. and, you, and you you can open up you have your doors in your house open straight out to your backyard oh, and right. you never have to and you just walk freely in and out right and it just becomes an extension of of your house right so i, I get it it's a it's a nice it's a nice thing to have but when we were watching and just like that that realization of the the women in the show seeming so old yeah like carrie needs hip surgery well we're gonna get to that but like the carrie charlotte and miranda are in their Mm mid-50s in this series and sure they have nicer outfits and more money Mm -hmm. and they live in new york you know, the women in the Golden Girls are in their early 50s and they have old lady hair and they're they have shoulder pads because it's the fucking it's 80s. The 80s. Yeah. But I kept like, oh, my God. The and just like that woman seems so much older yeah. than the Golden Girls women. I feel like there's a reason they didn't call it sex in the city, because there's not a lot of sex in this city that, no, they, that they're not, in now. No. You know, there's so many things that bother me about this series. One of them is that. It doesn't seem like these women have actually been living in New York for the last 20 years. Right. It feels like, like the way they behave. Yeah, they're so shocked at everything that is happening. It's like they've been cryogenically frozen for 20 years and and then then just dropped into 2021 (laughs) New York. Yeah, Yeah. And they're stunned by, you know, diversity and non-binary people and black people and fat people and it's like and i think all it does is cast a huge spotlight on how whitewashed and straight the series was even though both carrie and charlotte had gay best friends they were like accessories yeah gbfs yeah the pilot episode of golden girls blanche has like a gay Houseman? Yeah, he's almost like a like a butler, but or a pool boy, but they don't have a pool. He's a cook, actually. Oh, is he? A, is he? Is he the cook? Yeah. Yeah, is they it, got rid of him really quick. Eh? He was in one episode. Yeah, didn't test well with the audience. No, I, I think, know. and it was kind of like, 
And he was kind of flamboyant. He seemed very thrown in. Mm-hmm. And they got rid of him. But and and they did have gay characters after that. So this is kind of what I want to go back and forth with is I felt like the Golden Girls addressed and very beautifully touched on a lot of issues without making it feel forced. In the in the mid to late 80s. Yes. There were a lot of things going on and a lot of issues that they touched on and and addressed that the issues that they deal with in and just like that seemed so forced and disingenuous. Yeah. And it made it even more cringy. Yeah. Than it was already well, because going they're to be. supposed to know better because it's the fucking 2020s. Yeah, but it just felt like in it the was super like, liberal part of America. Are there actual people writing this show? Yeah, Ugh. I think because you specifically are closer in age to the Golden Girls characters <laughs> in the Golden Girls than the and just like that women mm-hmm. that that future for you of Carrie Miranda and Charlotte was just so horrifying because I was so triggered by yeah. it. I, I was watching what they were talking about and how they were behaving and I'm like I'm not 5 years from that. Yeah, no. Not even fucking close. And why are you acting like that? And these women in the Golden Girls were vibrant and optimistic and sexual sexual and open to new things like it was i mean it like for fuck's sake estelle getty's character was still trying to get laid yeah at 80 like she was in her 80s very sexual Yeah, yeah yeah she was in her 80s and still still fucking well, and ironically, she was the youngest cast member in that cast. She actually was. That's but true. But she played the oldest. She in played the, show. the oldest one. Yeah. They they had to sort of age her, and yeah. she they actually changed her look very quickly as well. Yeah. So she looks very different in the first couple of episodes, or even the first episode. They change her look where she doesn't look quite so curmudgeonly. Yeah. But she was the youngest one. A couple of the things from and just like that, and this is just my personal preference, and I think you feel the same way. Especially in the first episode, there's a lot of stupid ass COVID shit. Yeah, they kind of shoehorned a whole bunch of COVID stuff into the first episode. And we had to talk about this not too long ago, actually, when we were kind of spitballing ideas for this episode and talked about other shows that happened during historic moments and right. whether or not they incorporated into mm-hmm. the storyline. Mm-hmm. Like 9-11, for instance, and anything that took place in New York. Now, medical dramas and stuff, okay, it, it COVID is related or, or... Sure. But to shoehorn in, like, Charlotte being, like, a germaphobe and washing her hands and Carrie, not wanting to... Carrie was or a germaphobe. Carrie, Carrie's a germaphobe, not wanting to touch elevator buttons and, and... She has elevator gloves. Yeah, and wearing masks and then and then making a show of taking them off only in the first episode, because then after that, they just kind of like let go of all the COVID shit. Pretty much. But it was like in yeah. that first episode where, where where they did that. And it just, it's those kinds of things that might be relevant the day those episodes air. Mm-hmm. But if you want something to have kind of long lasting appeal, a show like that isn't what you want to be going back to, to be reminded of no. this time. I don't want to see COVID shit in my fantasy life and my television watching life. I don't want to see it. Yeah. I don't want to see it. And I think the one that you, the example that you brought up was like, Friends never addressed 9-11. It, it took place in New York. Right in New it, York. It aired over the years they when 9-11 never, happened and it never. They never acknowledged the it. Only, the only kind of concession that I think they did is that 
they would oftentimes have establishing shots of New York. And in pre-9-11, you would see the Twin Towers in that. Mm-hmm. And then post-9-11, they just would choose different skyline shots of New York that that right. wouldn't have seen the Twin Towers if they were still there kind of thing. Right. That was it. That was the only thing. But never an acknowledgement of like them surviving 9-11 or any of that kind right. of stuff. Like no, it, no, no, no. How they went through that. Yeah. And, I, and as I watch it as my background noise i appreciate that well because it makes it more timeless when it's not anchored in anything like that i don't want to see it yeah i don't want to see it yeah carrie is still judgy she's on a podcast now called x y and they Mm -hmm. and with a non-binary comedian yes a super lecherous lusty straight guy Asian straight Asian guy. Asian straight guy. So there's there's plus one for their minority so, count. So they is Che, yep. who is a non-binary comedian mm-hmm. played by... It's the same actress that played Callie Torres on Grey's Anatomy, but I don't remember her actual name. Wow. You, you love that show. No, you, I don't watch Grey's Anatomy. You love that show. I don't love that show. It's you just, do. It's just been on for 20 fucking years and I have to you watch it. You can't pull out. Well, yeah, because like 17 You're years in. You're in there without a condom I know, and you can't seven, pull out. 17 You're years. You're committed now. <laughs> yeah, it's like I've, I've wasted 17 years of my life. I got to keep going and it never fucking ends. I, every year I figure it's going to be the last year and it just keeps going. And the way they set up this podcast, it's like the people that write this show have no fucking clue how podcasts work. It's not a podcast it's a fucking it's a radio Frasier-esque show. Yeah. R- afternoon drive radio With show callers where people that call, call in, in. Like that, fucking, that fucking shit doesn't happen and, and it's like somebody who's like um so carrie's gonna do a radio show and it's like uh, nobody listens to radio anymore everybody listens to podcasts and instead of setting up like a podcast studio they yeah. just put a fucking laptop a and a couple studio. of mics in the middle in the middle of a room and go yeah. here we go and she she struggles with it yeah. because she's so fucking. She well, Carrie she, is supposed to be the heterosexual woman in the in, right, in the crew, but right? she's also a sex columnist and a and a writer about sex and relationships, and she's still super weird and squeamish and squicky about stuff. And you know, Che is supposed to be like her boss. I'm yeah. air bunnying. Yeah, and it's like. Bitch, you gotta lighten up. Like, yeah. what the fuck? I like, brought you on here because you yeah. are a sex columnist. Like, come and on. You're super weird about it. Miranda is still living in Brooklyn with Steve and Brady, except Brady is a 17, 18 year old. And they now. got the the child actors that played the children in the original series. They brought yeah, them they back. Did, they did. Which I thought was kind of cool. That is cool. Whether or not they were actually actors or not. I mean, they did okay. They, they did okay. They did okay. They did okay. But Brady basically has his girlfriend over all the time and they're basically fucking on the other side of their parents' wall, which it's like, do you not have any control in your own fucking house? No. Like, what the fuck? No. Like, absolutely. Immediately, no. Immediately. Immediately, no. I've am heard I going. What I needed to hear? Am I going. Uh, immediately, no. Am I going to listen to my child having sex in my house? Well, especially when it's headboard. Want and abandoned. No, absolutely not. No, no, no. <laughs> she, there's a, she says something about she walked into Brady's room and she stepped on a condom full of his fucking goop. And it's just like. Ew. <laughs> and Charlotte's like, well, you know, at least they're using condoms. It's like you can't roll that shit up into a napkin and throw it in the garbage. One of my least favorite terms or or phrases is at least. I don't want the least from anyone in my orbit ever. Thank you very much. So Brady's the worst. He's pretty much the worst. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's an awful child. Like 
privileged, spoiled, does whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, just fucks awful. his girlfriend all the time and is rude to his parents. The the men now in this series. Oh my god, do you think the women aged? They aged the men beyond comparison. And you know what? They they do the men dirty in this series. I'm sorry, but like Steve is fucking deaf. And he does have hearing loss in real life. And so. And they kind of wrote it into the show, but they took it to the extreme. They take it to the extreme yeah. and they make him seem like he's a fucking idiot on top of yeah, it. Yeah, he's dopey as well as being deaf. Yeah, which he was never like. He was sweet. He was sweet. He wasn't stupid. He was street smart. Yeah. He wasn't stupid, but they make him seem stupid now. Like he's just. Like he's a another child. Mm hmm. Okay. And they do that for a reason. Well, there's a reason for that, yeah. So Miranda has quit her law firm and she's going back to college for uh, a master's in human rights. Yeah. She wants to be like a human rights lawyer. She was inspired by the government of the U S's policy to like lock up Muslims and all the lawyers that went to try and get them out of, right. out of lockup. And she's like, I need to do something. I got to stop being part of the problem. Right. You know, being a partner at this big corporate law firm, I'm going to go and do human rights shit. Right. And her professor is, a black lady, mm -hmm. and there's a super cringy like exchange between them, like it's just fucking insane. And then all of a sudden they're friends, but yeah, then they become best friends. Yeah. Also, it seems like Miranda is developing a drinking problem. Yes. At the times that it's appropriate, I want to kind of go back and forth between that and the Golden Girls. Okay. So there is uh, an episode where Rose. It becomes apparent that Rose has been addicted to these pain pills for oh, yeah? decades decades wow so she gets prescribed these pain pills for like an old farming accident okay and she's been on them what do they give her oxy i don't they don't they, they don't, don't specifically say, mention they it, don't eh? say what it is but it seems pretty clear that it's a narcotic pain medication hmm. and she tries to quit them and there's this whole episode about how they're supporting her through sort of her withdrawal and trying to and it's and it's treated really tenderly as a lot of topics are in this mm -hmm. show and how difficult it is when you have when you see your friends battling either a burgeoning addiction or something that they've been dealing with for a long long time and you just weren't aware of it yeah and i feel like they dance around this drinking problem charlotte is the only one who is really like this is a problem and everyone else is like meh like whatever and it feels like Especially with Carrie, as long as something doesn't affect her directly, yeah. she doesn't give a fuck. She doesn't give a fuck. And I think the absence of Kim Cattrall's Samantha character in this mm -hmm. is a problem because without somebody to give another voice mm -hmm. to somebody other than Carrie, it becomes a problem. So Charlotte pipes up about this issue Samantha would have had something to say about that. And right. the two of them like could have the got carried They're like out. the tiebreaker. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it's just Charlotte and Carrie or Carrie and Miranda. And it's and Carrie doesn't give a fuck because no, unless she, it's her, who yeah. the fuck cares, right? And, and this is the other thing. The way they deal with Samantha's absence oh, is so brutal. fucking disgusting. Like Kim Cattrall was very vocal about not wanting to be a part of this. And, and... Well, after the disaster of the second movie... The third movie... They did three movies? Yes. No, they only did two. Oh, they did two. Oh, sorry. That's yeah, right. Yeah, it was the second she one. She said no brutal. to a third movie. She said no to a third the movie. The second movie and was And they had disaster. the good sense not to do another movie. Yeah. But then they were like, you know what? Fuck it. We'll do it without her. And it was brutal. Because, brutal. Because they had the character, Air Bunnies, in the show. 
at the other end of a, of Over a text, text conversation. And I, I feel like that was wrong. They should have. And the way, it's like, oh, well, her and Carrie had a falling out and she moved to London, you know, because, you know, Carrie let her go. As a peer. And it's like, Samantha would never do that. No, she wouldn't. She, she would never do that. She wouldn't stomp off and have a temper tantrum. No, she would never. She'd be like, that's cool. I get it. Like, like, whatever. whatever. I have tons of clients. Yes. And it, it like to do it once and get it out of the way. Like, like to acknowledge it. To acknowledge the elephant in the room. Okay, fine. But that was a running thread throughout the the series yeah. and i was annoyed by that it's sam like, sent flowers let to Big's her funeral. leave yeah. let her leave at the end of the first episode and i remember watching it with you and they make a big deal about big doing this like pivotal peloton workout because yeah he was it's, get, it's a milestone workout he for him he's gonna get a shout out from the peloton instructor yeah which she was kind of hot and cute yeah. and whatever real life peloton instructor yes and he he gets off the bike and he's kind of panting and he kind of starts to stumble a little bit. And we were like, oh my God, are they going to fucking kill Big? Are they going to, are they going to? And there was a lot written and a lot talked about, about how she, Carrie comes home and finds him sitting slumped against the wall of the shower. He's awake still. Yeah, still alive. And she goes, John, 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 John. And she holds him. No, 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 no. And we're all like. Call 911, you bitch. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And there's so much wrong with it. It's like, you know damn well, if he's doing all that Peloton, he's going to have a smartwatch on or something mm-hmm. like that. And an Apple Watch, not to plug Apple Watches, but Apple Watches have features specifically and have saved countless lives with the feature of if you fall over. Yep. And you don't say I'm okay. They they call nine one one for you or your emergency services in your country mm-hmm. right away. Yeah, and he would have survived. Yeah, or or if he couldn't reach his phone because his phone like got thrown away. Yeah, all he would have had to have said was, "Hey Siri, hey Siri, call emergency or whatever." Oh, go go go! And, and they would have. Sorry, yeah, all our devices are going off, <laughs> right? But bro, what are you doing? But there were so many ways that he could have he could yes. have survived that incident. Yeah, it's. I mean, when you have all that, when you have all that technology, I know in your house, and then and then no, nothing. I mean, he has more money than God. I know, I know. It's so dumb. We were talking about doing the men dirty. What about Harry? What about oh Harry? Oh my God, I loved Harry, the Evan Handler the character. Yeah, he's he's Charlotte's husband. Yeah, and he just he looks like. He's been deflated. All he, his suits don't fit properly. He's a shadow of himself. He's a shadow. He's like, he, he he's there, but he's gone. Yeah. He's Again. this browbeaten. Again, another child. Yeah. Another child. It's so disappointing. He was funny and good in bed and, you know, all these kinds of things, but not traditionally good looking or whatever. But now you're just like, ugh. None of these women have. He's a putz. He is a putz. None of these women have real partners anymore. Yeah. None of them. All the redeeming qualities that these men had that made them good partners for these women, they got rid of yeah. in the reboot. Yes. And played it not like a tragedy, just been like, well, this is what happens when you get older. <laughs> like the spark goes out of your eyes yeah, and, yeah. You ju- and you just stumble until you fall into the hole in the ground. Like, yeah, that's the way they played it. How, do, how does that make you feel as a man in your 40s? Yeah, fucking awful. Yeah. I don't want to be like that. No. I want to be like fashion Santa when I'm that age. <laughs> All silver fox and shredded. Oh, fuck yeah. You know what I mean? That's well, you, the way I want to be. You're partway there with your beard Well, now. you know, the beard is, is, is working, but... It's working for me. So, thank you. <laughs> but 
to see that you yeah. take two characters, the the Harry character and the Steve character, mm-hmm. who were sweet guys that were good matches for their female partners, mm-hmm. and then you just crumple them up and throw them in the garbage. Pretty much. And, you know, in the Golden Girls, there were lots of different men that came in and out. Right. Because that was the defining feature. The Golden Girls didn't have partners. No. Only Dorothy had an ex-husband, Stan, who would show up every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And hilarity would ensue mm-hmm. or irritation would ensue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the men that came in, they had their own lives. They had their own jobs. They had, you know, like there was there was a lot of of different characters that would come in. Right. But these men in in this series were just kind of uh, just like so watered down yeah. as humans. And 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 I think you're right. These are characters that we grew to love. Yeah. And it's like how do you do all the men dirty like that? You kill one of them off, the other one is a the other two are fucking shadows of themselves. Like what the fuck, bro? Like it was just it was really disappointing. I mean, thankfully they didn't wreck any more of the male <laughs> characters in that show by bringing them back. Like, where's Aiden? Well, I mean, who cares? Burger, any of... any well, of Well, fuck Burger. Any but... of Carrie's, you know, old loves could have been brought back. And I'm actually... sure they would have been treated terribly. I was actually a little surprised they didn't bring Aiden back. I thought, because he was such a fan favorite, right? I mean, I hate Not him. this fan. No, not this fan, no. In B. No. But, but in general, people like the Aiden character. Mm-hmm. Okay, so at the end of the first episode... Big dies, yes. and that's sorry for the spoiler alert, but well, I mean, it's going to be in the show knows. notes. Yeah. If you're listening, you already were warned. Yeah, and so what that does to Carrie's character, if she wasn't self-obsessed enough already, mm-hmm. from this moment on until the end of the series, whenever someone else dares to express an issue or a feeling, they are met with Carrie's. Well, my husband's dead, so so can we talk about me, please? My husband died, so I win. And it's so fucking irritating to me, like that this is a character that we're supposed to give a fuck about, and I just don't. That's why she is the antagonist of the series. I just don't. I just don't care about her anymore because it's like, well, my husband died, so. And it's like this season, even though like it's only a couple of months, you know, with respect to when the first one was released to now, it basically symbolizes a year or more. In in the life of the characters, in, yeah. In, in the life of the characters. And so it's kind of like, bitch, come on. Yeah, even it ends, the last episode ends with her being like close to the one year anniversary yeah, well, of, it is, of, yeah, of Ben's yeah. death. And, it, and she's still riding the like, you know, my husband died. Yeah, my husband died. I win. Oh, I win the argument. Okay. And so episode two is basically all about the funeral. Yeah. Okay. And she shows pretty much no emotion at all. The only person who shows emotion is Charlotte, Mm -hmm. who feels guilty because she asked Carrie to come and see her daughter play piano at a recital. Yeah. And the intimation is that if she hadn't gone to see Charlotte's daughter perform, that she would have been there and Big would still be alive. Isn't that the second time Charlotte's daughter has fucked up Carrie's life? Yes. Yes. This Rose kid is... is No, is, no, not Rose. No, not Rose. Lily. Lily, sorry, Lily. It's Lily. It's, it's Lily. Lily who fucks it up. So, it's Lily, yeah, yeah. So sorry, do you remember apologies. what happens in the in the movie? How does Lily fuck up Carrie's life the first time? Do you remember? Oh, she has big calls Carrie. And, on their wedding day. On their wedding day. And Lily, as a toddler, has the phone and just is goofing around with it and doesn't... She puts it in her purse and she just kind of wanders off with it. Yeah. So yeah. Carrie never gets the calls. Yeah. And he gets all fucking freaked out and leaves her at the altar. Yeah. <laughs> and 
or at the library, whatever. Whatever, whatever. But yeah, so this is the second time that Lily fucks up Carrie's life. Yeah. It's like, this kid, man. <laughs> and I think when we look at the Golden Girls, I mean, obviously, three of them are, are widows. Mm-hmm. And that's not the first time they experience loss. Sophia loses a couple of friends. Mm-hmm. And the way they support each other through that grief, I think, is a lot more realistic as to how that how that comes down. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, do you think that that, if in and just like that, more than just Carrie had bit become a widow, do you think that that dynamic would have been different? Because somebody else could have been like, you know, I also lost my husband and I'm going to work and I'm you yeah, know, cleaning like up. Yeah, like go fuck yourself. Yeah, like relax. Yeah. Where, yeah, yeah. But because the other two still had their husbands, yeah. Carrie got like one up on them, you know? And could always play that card and they couldn't really say anything because they aren't in the same boat. It's kind of shitty though. Well, but that's Carrie's like it's, character. But it's it's really shitty. Yeah. But I, I, I think it does change the dynamic when three out of the four of them are widows. Right. And they can't really use it. Well, my husband's dead, so. Yeah, well, all I our mean. husbands are dead. Fuck off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then Dorothy goes, well, my husband's dead to me. So whatever, yeah. like, fuck off. But I think that they treat, and they and they do a lot of like, storytelling about Mm -hmm. it and i think a lot of people were kind of fucking weird about this whole thing with big dying too because they were like well he was a dick to her most of their dating life so like yeah their relationship was pretty toxic it was pretty shitty yeah yeah i mean they were fine the day he died yeah yo yeah like they had a whole lockdown sequence where they were going through his record collection every day and listening to a new record every day of covid lockdown and it seemed like their domestic life was fairly happy. Right. But then, you know, then, he dies. Then he dies. He dies. So, episode three, Carrie is walking and grieving. Mm-hmm. It's like a Lord of the Rings, but with wrinkles and grief. <laughs> and it, we talked about this through the whole series. It seemed like, even though the Sex and the City girls have better clothes and nicer hair. More money. More money. Nicer places to live. They seem older than the Golden Girls. The Golden Girls don't seem to be constantly talking about every ache and pain. Yeah, every and, every downside of getting older. Yeah, and they have a much, they have a lot more sex than these women. Yeah. They all have sex. All of them. Even Sophia. The only sex, so we see sex in and just like that with two of them. Carrie never has sex. She does not. In in any of this. She goes no. on a couple of dates with a guy and it's awful. Wish Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, wish Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Wish is, wish is a site like Amazon where there's Everything a lot less quality up, control. It shows and up way shittier. It's than- way cheaper <laughs> and it might take months to get to you and rarely does it end up being and, what you and want. When you, and when it does... You never cease to be disappointed. Yeah. And Carrie's date looks like if you ordered Mark Ruffalo off of Wish, this is what you get. (laughs) Charlotte blows Harry and that's a storyline. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. And, and, And Miranda has a relationship with Che, but that's it for sex in And Just Like That. Well, actually, Miranda's professor has sex with her husband. You see, that's pretty much the only like... Besides the one between Miranda and Che, that's pretty much the only sex scene we see. Yeah. Is Nia Wallace. 
Right. In bed well, with her and husband. I guess the real estate agent character, we think she's they having sex. They intimate that she's having sex because well, she's, she's smoking. smoking. She's smoking in a hotel room. That's another thing. Carrie starts smoking again in this yeah. series. And I find that so. Somebody had mentioned that that was to symbolize her going back to her toxic habits. Okay. Yeah. I think that that's way too thoughtful for the writers of the show, though. <laughs> I think somebody somebody's reaching to try and find meaning in this hot mess. I mean, fair. Fair. There's an interesting storyline where Carrie finally meets Big's secretary, who basically, Big's secretary is the one that always remembers Carrie's birthday, who does all, and it's like, oh, you, you, you sent me flowers? And he was like, well, my secretary right. reminded me of yeah, the yeah. day. And so they meet and and they go through, they meet with the lawyer and they go through the will. Oh my God, it feels like a million years ago. I know it does, I know. Yeah, okay. And it comes out that Big has left a million dollars to Natasha. Which is his, which was his second wife. His second wife that... After he broke up with Carrie and went to Paris. Yes. And then... Carrie and Big have an affair right. while he's married to Natasha. She catches them. She catches Carrie at their apartment, chases Carrie down the stairs, falls down the stairs, breaks a tooth, and... Carrie like, takes her to the hospital, yeah, like hands a, her off to Big. It's, it's a it's fucking mess. mess. It's like, messy, it's a it's mess. Messy. And he left her a million dollars. He leaves Natasha a million dollars. How much money does this guy have that he leaves his ex-wife a million dollars? A lot of money. And this is, this is going to come up again because it's just like, what the fuck? So she gets obsessed with the fact that he leaves her a million dollars without any explanation and during the original series she stalks natasha to try and have a meeting with her to apologize for having an affair with her husband Mm -hmm. and it's completely inappropriate yeah natasha makes it very clear that she doesn't want to have anything to do with carrie she doesn't want to talk to carrie and she basically gives her a dressing down at this restaurant when she does meet with her and she stalks Natasha again yeah. to try and talk to her about How's Natasha this? not having a, a restraining order against Carrie on this? I think she should get one. Seriously. There was like a parallel that I, that occurred to me. Um, so there's an episode of the Golden Girls where this young man shows up at Blanche's house and wants to see Blanche. And she thinks at first, like, I guess he was following her a little bit, which is kind of weird, but... Mm-hmm. And she's like, there's this younger man like following me. Like, I think he's, and it turns out that her beloved husband, George, had an affair. And this young man is his son from this affair. Oh, snap. Yeah. What's he want with her? He just wants to know about his father. Oh, okay. And so she has to sort of reconcile with the idea that this memory that she had of George and with George. She didn't know that he had an affair. No. Oh, so this kid is the the first thing she knows about this infidelity. Yes. Ooh, ouch. That's heavy. Yes. Heavy for a comedy. And so, yeah, the common thread here is like the post-mortem absolution where she finds out about this shitty thing that he did after he's dead. Yeah. And she has to find a way to forgive him after he's dead. And... You know, her, Blanche's first instinct is to tell this kid, get the fuck out of my house. I don't want to have anything to do yeah. with you. I don't. And he was like, I'm sorry about all this, but, you know, he doesn't was change my, the fact he was my father. And yeah. I just want to. And the episode ends where she reconciles with that and she forgives George for what he did and then welcomes 
this man into her house and shares stories and photographs and everything. And she she gives it's him very sweet. Yeah, it's it's a very touching episode. Did George have any contact with this kid? Or it was an affair, the no, kid was born. No, and, okay. he didn't know anything about him. Okay. And her first instinct is not to chase down this kid's, this man's mother. Right. And stalk her and want to know everything about the affair. That wasn't even part of the narrative. It was about, I need to deal with the fact that this child of my husband exists and I need to treat him with love and respect because... He's the child of this man that I loved so much. And that must have been incredibly difficult for her, especially, you know, Blanche Devereaux being this sexy, lusty, attractive woman. Mm-hmm. Like thinking about my husband cheated on me. Like how do how how do you cheat on Blanche Devereaux, right? Right, yeah. And so that was sort of the dichotomy that I was that struck me while I was watching this episode was like this class with which Blanche conducted herself. Right, versus this the really... way Carrie conducted herself like, in the Natasha. this is just some money. Now, I got a question for you about that. Okay. If you found out that one of your exes mm-hmm. left you a large sum of money like that. <laughs> yeah. Just out of the blue. We would have a great time. Okay. So there's that. That's one question. Okay. Second question is, Wait. didn't didn't Natasha turn it, when, when Carrie finally caught up with her, didn't she say like, I've said to the lawyers, like, I don't want the money. Yeah. Like how much, would you turn down that kind of money? No. Like, let's say we broke up and then, and then I died and I died. But it I sounds died. like Natasha's doing really well for herself though. She, she sounds, like, okay. She, she was doing but still, but still, I don't know. If I, if we broke up and you <laughs> found out, up? I don't know, pineapples. Okay. And you, you find out 20, 30 years from now I've died. And then somebody shows up with, I've left you money in my, in my estate. <laughs> okay. Do you take it? Or do yes, you be like, absolutely. Or you be like, you know what? No. No, I would absolutely yeah, take so it. Yeah, so I didn't understand why Natasha was like, I think because they were married. I feel like she didn't want to have anything to do with him. Because it because it ended badly. Because it ended badly, and she probably got quite a bit in the divorce. Sure. Oh yeah, like that million dollars isn't the only bit she got from him. Yeah. Like that wouldn't be the only money that she got from him. And I feel like if she didn't want to hear any kind of apology mm. or any kind of mea culpa, and that was just here, you know, let me fix all my mistakes with some money. Right. And she's like, no, fuck that. Like I, I would take the money, but you know, I mean. I take the money. I don't know, but if you if you cheated on me, and then we broke up, and then you ended up marrying the woman that you cheated on me with, maybe. Well, that's an easy one. You don't want to get married, so I had no choice. <laughs> Fair enough. There's also an episode where it seems like there's very strong evidence to suggest Rose's husband, who was like a traveling insurance salesman, uh- slept with Blanche. Oh, really? Yeah. They never flesh that out completely? They do flesh it out, and it turns out it's not him. But for a good part of the episode, it seems like Blanche Blanche has has slept with Rose's husband. Oh, my. And that's quite an interesting, like, when you think about, you know, especially in terms of what we do. Sure. Right? In a non-monogamous relationship. Yeah, like, I'm very happy to share you. Right. with, With people that I like. But only people that you like. Yeah, well, I mean, but Rose and Blanche are friends. They but like each thing, other, yeah. I mean, it's it's different when it's like a cheating kind of yeah. scenario. But yeah. that was an interesting thing, too, about how that changes a friendship or how mm-hmm. that affects a friendship. And then it turns out that it, it wasn't him. It was someone else named Charlie that she had sex with around the same time. Wow. Uh, yeah. And, that, and I think 
one of the things that irritates me about this and just like that is the storylines are so stupid. Like they're mind-numbingly stupid and simplistic. And I hate the title. Yeah. I know it's I know it's something that Carrie said a lot in in her in her yeah. writing, but it's such an awful title. Right. And the way they do it at the end of every episode and just like that, I blah 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 blah. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just I know. It's it's asinine. <laughs> it really is. Okay. So I feel like we're being really negative. So Because I'm, it's garbage. It is garbage. It is hot garbage. And the goal and the Golden Girls is not. Is not. It's amazing. It is. It's brilliant. But I will say this. The one bright spot in this series is Let me guess. Yeah. Is it Jay? Yeah. Yeah. I love Che's character. Yeah. In the way that Che actually has a character. Yes. And seems to be the only thing that in that time frame in New York, in this, you know, in the world that we all live in right now, seems to be the only one that is actually real. And fits. Yeah. Fits yeah, yeah. what you would expect for New York City circa 2021. Right. Miranda develops a crush on Che. Yes. And she's a little bit, um, she's a little bit confused by it, you know, because she's been married to a man for a couple of decades at this point, I think, or almost. Right. And and is do you think that the Che character, although presenting as non-binary in the show, was probably born as a woman? Yes. I yes. I it seems pretty clear that Che is that she is like her sex is female. Their sex is female. Their sex, yes. Their sex is female, but their but gender, they identify, their gender they identify is, as non-binary. Is non-binary okay. a they them and, pronouns. And, and that confuses Miranda. Miranda because at first. At first. But I think what I like about the storyline, there's a couple of things. Number one, Miranda really likes who Che is. They're fearless, they're funny, mm-hmm. they know what they want, they know what they don't want. They're very, very comfortable in who they are. And it feels like Che has fought for that, fought yes. very hard to be who they are. But I don't think with her fam, with the, sorry, with their family, they no. fought hard. No. Because there's, there's a scene where where their grandmothers or something are there. Yes, yes, right in the end. Right at the end. Right at the end. So they they fought for that acceptance in the world. Yes, yes, Not for necessarily sure. with their family. Yeah. And I also like the nod to the fluidity of sexuality, sexuality yeah. for women as they move into their middle age. Right. So, and there is good science to back up that as women age, they're sexuality tends to become more fluid because their expected role seems to change, right? They've gotten married, they've had their kids, they've done all the things. Do you think that is a function of culture aging on women or a function of the the expectations on women yes. once they have done all of those things? Yeah, I think I think I think the fluidity, the sexual fluidity of women will manifest younger and younger and younger moving forward right but for me and women my age i think it's a cultural thing more than a biological thing 
Right. Okay. Because my question is, do you think you were always this way and you just couldn't acknowledge it? Or do you think you became... No, I think I think I was probably always this way and it just wasn't an option. Right. Okay. And I, it, it wasn't something that I, I you know... <sighs> It wasn't like I fantasized about women. I always thought they were beautiful and I had a lot of women hit on me. Right. And I was always conf- a little bit confused by it. <laughs> right. Where I was like, do I have an energy? And Yeah, you'd ask your lesbian friends. Yeah, and they'd be like, yeah, you do. You do have an energy. And I think that I would have explored it a lot earlier if I had been young, like now, if that makes sure, sense. Sure, yeah, I get it. But I, I also think that as women age, I can I can also say that, like, I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks anymore. Like, right. at, the older I get, the less I care about what people think of me. And I, I'm sure I'm sure for women, as their children age to a point where they're effectively independent. Yeah. It, there's energies that you can spend on other things yes that don't just go involved to raising your children. My, my children being adults have released quite a bit of emotional bandwidth for right. me to, to really reflect on what makes me happy and what i like right, and, right, right. And, and when your children become adults you feel fewer eyes on you right right as your children are growing up there's a lot of eyes and we've talked about that a little bit you know, what it must be like to mother in this Instagram world mm-hmm. where there's so much expectation and there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's so much criticism on anything you might, the, the pressure to post on social media yes. and then the criticism you might get as a result of those posts. Right, right, right. All of that kind of stuff. Like it's very, very different. And then when your kids are adult, you don't have to worry about that anymore. No, no, that's right. It, it, yeah. I mean, I post my kids probably a couple times a year, maybe. Right. You know, but I but I think the nod to the sexual fluidity of women and also the boredom that sets in for women in long term relationships, which Miranda in long term heterosexual relationships. And I think that that's something, you know, Dr. Wednesday Martin has done a lot of research on this about how women will get bored first in long term sexually monogamous relationships. And I think it's interesting because. Cynthia Nixon, who is a lesbian in real life. Yeah. And was a lesbian in the original series. Well, was she out in the... I don't know. The re- I don't think she was I think out. she came out afterwards. Afterwards. But I mean, I, she always was a lesbian, but she, yeah. she wasn't out. I think that maybe that's one of the things that came through for me was in this storyline with Che, she felt a lot more real because she was being real. Not that straight actors can't play gay characters and vice versa. Absolutely. But it seemed like there was like almost like a relief to play. Well, this was a chance for her to kind of be more herself as the person. Right. To have her personal life be better reflected in her, in in this fictional life that she's playing. Yeah. Now, Back in the 80s, late 80s, homosexuality was not where it is now. Sure. I mean, that's almost, that's what, like 40 years ago? At this point, Almost yeah. 40 years ago. Well, in the, well, depending on where you are in the 80s, yeah. I mean, people I mean, who were born all, in the 80s are in their 40s we're now. Already, we're already in 2022. Like yeah. it's, you know. So I think one of my favorite episodes is uh, Dorothy's college friend comes to visit. Her name is Jean. <laughs> and... 
she comes to visit. She's mourning the loss of her partner, Pat. Pat. Who it's a very everybody assumes that Pat is a man. Of course, because Pat is not a man. Pat is a woman. woman. And if she's married, she must be married to a man. Right. But nice, nice gender ambiguous name there. Yes. And there's there's a very sweet scene where at the big near the beginning, where you know, Dorothy's a little trepidatious about Jean meeting Rose and Blanche. And Sophia's like, you mean because Jean's a lesbian? And she was like, what do you mean? She's not a lesbian. Like, how did you know? How did you know she was a lesbian? Mm -hmm. And she's like, I've known since she was in college. She was like, she didn't even know in college. How did you know? She's like, a mother knows. Like, you just know. Yeah. And I I think for the time that that series was out, for her to be like, yeah, like, what the fuck? Yeah, because that would have been like the mid to late 80s. I feel like that was season two. So that was like 86 or 87. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that was, that was, and that was AIDS too, Right. right? So, and she, I mean, Dorothy's friend Jean falls in love with Rose. Yeah. And there's a very funny scene where Blanche is all upset because she couldn't even imagine Jean choosing Rose over her. Yeah, it wasn't like that it, she was upset that, that Jean was a lesbian. It's yeah. like, how dare you pick her over me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Blanche Devereaux. Like, yeah, what like the fuck? everybody wants to fuck me. Yeah. And again, very tender, very sweet, very honest treatment mm-hmm. of that issue, right? And I didn't show you the rest of that episode about like what happens when Rose figures out that Jean is oh, a lesbian. Oh, I've, I've seen it. We watched the episode. Did together. we watch the episode yeah, together? Yeah, yeah. We have yeah. watched it. Yeah. And so that that's the only bright spot is this the Che storyline blossoming line. relationship between Che and and Miranda. Of course, these writers find a way to fuck it up. Uh, yeah, they and do. make it shitty. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it starts to come out that Charlotte's. Other child, younger child, Rose. Rose, yes. Makes it clear that they are non-binary. Yes. And want to be called Rock. Yes. What do you think about all that? That part of the storyline. And what do you think about Anthony? Like, let's talk about Anthony for a second. So during the filming of And Just Like That, Willie Garson died. Yes, he did. In the middle of this. And the way they dealt with it on the show... He was a Stanford Blanche, Stanford Blanche, Blatch, Blatch character, and him and Anthony him were and married. Anthony were married, and yeah. uh, and they basically <laughs> Stanford just dear Johned Anthony and just disappeared in one Carrie's day. apartment. In Carrie's apartment, yeah, because he was staying there apparently. Yeah, he was staying there and just left a note, and that was it. They just yeah, because we can't have two characters with dead with dead husbands. Like no, know, can't no, steal because, a Carrie spotlight. No, that's right. Yeah, exactly. And, and Anthony's treatment of Rose Rock yeah. was just like, whatever. Like, What are you worried about? Yeah. She wanted to be a dog a dog when she was a kid. And Charlie's like, yeah, and I gave her a dog bowl. And like, we referred to her as a dog. And, and did like, all this. you're and ridiculous. Like, you're t- whatever. Okay. Like, just okay. here you go. Let, yeah. Like, why are you making this a big deal? Yeah. Call them what they want. Sure. And they'll make their decision. Because they got called. That's right. Because... Because Harry and Charlotte got called into Rock's school. Yes. And they said, well, you know, we just wanted to let you know Rock wants to be called Rock and, and they and all this. kind." Of, and, and the parents are they like, were freaking what the out. fuck is going yeah, on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are we paying all this money for? For you to just, you know, yeah. convert our child into this non-binary now how do you Now, thing. how do you feel about that? Like, how do you feel about that? So my kids are younger than that character mm-hmm. in And Just Like That. And I had this conversation because you have a lot of experience with older kids. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, how, is this, is this, 
I think parents will default to the position like, is this actually what my child is going through? Or is there some element of, you know, peer acceptance or peer pressure? Mm. You know, one kid in the, in the class does this and gets all this attention and now other mm. people are doing it, not because it's genuine. And how do you approach this? Because what if it is genuine or what if it is just for attention and, and all that kind of stuff? So I don't know, it, it was a little bit, I wonder like if I was in the position of Harry, Right. How would I react if if my kid's school called me up one day and was like, by the way, one of your kids is is they them now at this point right. you know, and wants to be called something different. I hope that I would be accepting and okay with it, but mm-hmm. I don't, I think until you're actually faced with that, you don't really know how you're going to react, right? I feel like if it is for attention, I, I, I you feel You think like, you would know? No, that's not what I was going to say. I was going to say if it is for attention then I think just being like, okay, about it is the best strategy. Until what point though? What do you mean? Like until they want surgery? Yeah, it's like, I want to have gender affirmation surgery. You know what? When you're when you're an adult, you can make that decision. But right. until then, that's a no for me. So you see but lots that's a, of- That's a huge, that's, a, that's way bigger. That's a way bigger talk than- for us to do today well no i know but but there's a lot of hand-wringing that goes on there you, is a you, lot of you see you see a lot of media stories out there about some 14 year old kid that wants to have their gender they want to have gender affirmation surgery sure and some people are like absolutely go ahead and do it because you know the trauma of going through puberty in a gender that that you don't feel like versus the other side is like you know what that's not the time to make that kind of life-altering decision. It's a it's a tricky subject. It to, is a tricky subject, and I and I think it's a little bit too big to get into. We need here. to we need to get Doctor Murray back on the podcast and have a conversation. Maybe with that's him. what we'll talk about with him. Yeah, because I think he's in a he he has the expertise for sure, far better than a couple of podcasters. To yeah, we don't know shit. <laughs> All I know is that when when I was twelve, like I I spoke in a British accent and wanted to be called Shaban. Like that was, <laughs> that was it. Yeah, style man. Like, yeah, like uh, you know what I mean. Like it was like okay, and people were like, "What? Like what's going on here?" Yeah, like you know, <laughs> and and I'm not listen. I'm not trying to be inside. I'm not equating right this with that. I'm just saying that sometimes when you are when you are an adult, you can make decisions about like okay, I didn't circumcise my boys because I felt like. And everybody is entitled to their own sure. choices and decisions. But I felt like that was a decision that they could make when they were an adult about what they wanted their penis to look like. Right. And that was, that was, and rightly or wrongly, that was the choice that I made when my babies were little. And I've spoken to both of them about it. Right. And are they happy that? I you- asked them, like, are, are you upset with me that I didn't do that? And both of them said, no, they're happy I didn't do that. They're both, they're, they both appreciated the fact that I left that decision to them. But that's, I mean, but you know, I mean, they don't know any other way. Yeah, exactly. So I don't, like, I don't know. Like, if I had done it, they'd probably be like, thanks for doing that. Like, I don't know. Thanks, that's Ma. One, one less thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one less thing off my list. You know what I mean? I don't know. I like Anthony's influence 
it, he he kind of becomes Charlotte's like he's always Charlotte's gay best friend, but he's also he also becomes Carrie's good friend yeah, too. Yeah, he becomes more of a voice of reason. Yeah, he seems a little bit more realistic. Oh, he doesn't give a shit. I he's he was one of my favorite characters in the original yeah. series. He gets like, a little bit good beat work though. Yeah, he's a little bit. He, they push the boundaries on him being normal yeah. in parts, but by and large, he seems to be the most grounding mm-hmm. force yeah, for those he women seems in to. this. Yeah, he's, they seem incredibly flighty. Yeah. Like flighty and flaky, and even more so in in this reiteration yeah. than in the original series. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. And it just reinforces to me how much of a grounding force Samantha's character was. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. She is like... Well, she was the no-nonsense, no-bullshit, tell-it-as-it-is kind of person, right? And and the least influenced by shoulding. You know what I mean? There was not a lot of should for Samantha. She just did whatever the fuck she felt like. And I think that was another thing that bothered me, where they kept like auditioning the fourth chair... Yeah. Was it going to be Miranda's professor? Was it going to be... Is it Stanford? Is it Anthony? Was it going to be Carrie's real estate agent? Yeah. So so episode four is when they all make new friends. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They all... And they're all not white. (laughs) Aggressively on purpose in some cases. This This is the part that bothers me is this sort of forced wokeness. Mm hmm And in the Golden Girls... They bring in different characters and deal with different subject matters and different issues, again, where it seems more genuine and yeah. it seems more of a realistic treatment. Like they have, you know, a Cuban character. They deal with sort of uh, racism in a way where like there's a couple of times that they deal with racism. One of them is they hire a housekeeper named Marguerite. Mm-hmm. And she's from the islands. And they suspect that she is using like voodoo. Oh. And, and, and magic and stuff like that. Oh, Marguerite right? must be from Haiti then. Yes. And, and then they sort of address how she's like, well, I kind of like made this up because I thought this was help and whatever. And so they address the sort of racism of thinking just because Marguerite's black that she can do all these magical things. Right. And they address that. And I'm sure that's a lot of the way a lot of people felt about like, and it's like, oh, that's kind of stupid. And then there's another one where, you know, they talk about like Blanche is a Southern belle Mm -hmm. and her dad is, she calls him Big Daddy. And he is also like, you know, this Southern gentleman kind of looks like Colonel Sanders. He looks exactly like Colonel Sanders. And she had... Of KFC fame. She had... Basically, a nanny growing up, like a, a ma- wet nurse, a, mammy, or... a mammy, a mammy, yeah. And she's this, you know, tiny black lady. And it also comes out that her her father, Big Daddy, Big Daddy, had an affair with this woman for years and years and years. Ooh, how did she take it? Not well. No way. Eh? No. And you know that sort of addressed. In there, there's Jeez, another. There's a time, lot to unpack in that. There's eh? a lot to unpack. Then there's another episode where Sophia meets a new friend, and she sort of, you know, they have this very tender relationship with this older black gentleman, and he has dementia, and she doesn't know that. Oh. Yeah, and so they go, they, like they sit together on this 
bench like near the water every day and yeah. they talk and they and then one day he shows up and he has no idea who she is and he yells at her and she's super upset. Oh. Yeah, it's really sad. And so like again, like these these issues with aging. Yeah. Mixed in with race and gender and sexuality, sexual orientation. Any of those topics that they handled in the Golden Girls would have been handled so badly in and just like that. Yeah. And it is handled badly. This is also when episode four drops, this is when the allegations against Chris Noth right. emerge. Multiple women yes. allege sexual misconduct, sexual assault. Yes. And he gets erased from the show. Yes. He's supposed to be in the finale and they cut him He out. was in a dream sequence and they just cut him out. They cut him out. Fuck yeah. off. Persona yeah. non grata. And they all... All of the actors in the show kind of rally around and say we don't we don't support him in this. Like, yeah, we, you know, yeah, they cut him loose quick, quickly. Which honestly, I don't think that that is just a sign of like post Me Too. I think that they kind of knew some of this already. You think so? I think so. You think where they're like, yeah, he was always kind of like that. We because were quiet about it. There because- are other cases where people, where allegations like that were made and people go, I don't know. Right. But this was unequivocal. Like yeah. he came out and it was like, Goodbye. Gone. Yeah. And whatever you else, what, the other show that he's on right now, he got dropped from that. Got too. dropped from that. And I, I don't even know what show he was on. I don't watch, I don't watch cable TV, but they all make new friends. And this is, this is another super fucking cringy part where Charlotte is throwing a dinner party and she invites her new black friend. Yeah. And th- th- that's another bright spot is that her friend's husband is played by the actor that plays George Washington in Hamilton. In Hamilton. Yeah, in the original And cast. I was like, oh my God, I got a little fluttery over that yeah, one. because he was great in Hamilton. Super great. And she worries about the fact that they don't have enough black friends. So they're like we can't have her over scrambling, to, to, find scrambling to find black friends. And it's so fucking cringy. It's like, what are you doing? It's cringy because they're scrambling to find black friends. And then she knows somebody else on like the PTA or something at the kid's school. Mm-hmm. So she invites her to this dinner. And then Charlotte's new black friend cancels yes. the dinner. And she drops her. She's like, oh, you know what? Fuck off. Never like, mind. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't actually care about you. You were just going to be my token black friend. So that... You that she wouldn't be the only one at the at the thing, and you're like Charlotte. And then Lisa, she has a dinner that right. she invites Charlotte and Harry what? to. Yeah, they show up, and they're the only white couple there. Yeah. And then it's so fucking cringy because Charlotte's like, "Oh yes, I've met you before," and she's like, "I don't know who you are." And yeah. it's like, "Wow, you white people can't tell uh, black people apart." Uh, and and like and Charlotte's like prepping Harry with all this like black culture that he should oh somehow God. work into it's into so the conversation awful. it's so awful it's you were cringy. really impressed by it like she studies a lot of black artists and then she kind of goes around the room and like look at all these art pieces yeah that because you have. the mother-in-law of lisa is kind of critical of lisa and mm-hmm. charlotte because way back in the before times she worked in an art gallery mm-hmm. she can kind of talk at length about all the famous black artists that are on the walls there and everybody's like oh well, she really knows her shit and and lisa is kind of elevated in the eyes of her mother-in-law and everybody's happy at the end and so what if you know the white people came to the dinner and they're the only ones there oh my god but it just seemed so forced it's it's super yeah really and then you've talked about this before 
you know, about one of the nice things about the type of relationship that we have is that it's really, really hard to make new friends as an adult. And they acknowledge that sort of, it's not easy to make new friends in your 50s. No, And Seema, who is Carrie's new friend. Thank you. I couldn't remember her name. I couldn't remember her name, but it was funny because it was like, Samantha. 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 Because she takes that Samantha role. She basically does. Yeah. She's 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 around the same age as Carrie, but she's single. Mm-hmm. Always been single. Never been married. Never had any kids. She's a very successful real estate agent in New York. And she's Indian. And she's Indian. So that's a tough sell. Right. For because her, her parents, family. Her parents want to like get her married off. And she, yeah, she's the one that sort of calls Carrie on her bullshit and that kind of thing. And they talk about that. You know, it's really hard to make you know friends. But then. I look at the Golden Girls, and not only did they make new friends in their fifties, but they go and live together. Yeah, it makes it makes the Seema Carrie relationship not seem so groundbreaking. No, like you look at the Golden Girls, you know they're all there because of happenstance. Yeah, but they forge these incredibly deep, incredibly important female friendships you know, going off into middle age and sharing all those issues. You talked about and and I I think I, I didn't write it down because I was I'm still traumatized by it. <laughs> is Carrie's like bum hip or oh wait, no, sorry, that's the next sorry, that's the next episode. Miranda has two really awkward incidents with her professor, Nia Wall Nia, Nia Wallace is I think her? so, yeah. Professor Wallace, yeah. And next thing you know, they're having lunch and Naya is sharing her infertility IVF woes yeah. with Miranda. And it's just kind of like, where did this relationship come from? Like, it doesn't seem like, it's like, what? As somebody who has spent time in academia, uh-huh. I can tell you that that relationship is inappropriate. It is inappropriate. <laughs> At a minimum, mm-hmm. while Miranda is her student. Yeah. Especially when we find out in later episodes that Miranda's been able to capitalize on that friendship for some preferential treatment. Yeah. For the for the incredibly hard to get internship and right. all of that kind of stuff. Right. It's super inappropriate as a relationship to, to sit there and get that personal. It is it, it is inappropriate. While, and it's very weird. And it's Again, it seems very artificial. It's like you have two kind of like, mm, I don't really like this person. And then all of a sudden... Yeah, from that first meeting to like now we're besties. Yeah, it's very weird. Yeah, it's really weird. Like Miranda didn't even, Miranda didn't put her, her foot in her mouth that first meeting. She put her foot, her calf, the rest <laughs> of her leg, and half of her body in her mouth. Oh my god, it was, it was so, so bad. brutal, it was so bad. And then she white knighted her. Yeah, in the subway, it was yeah. so bad. And also colonoscopies are important. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, right, because that was the reason that... Charlotte Charlotte keeps trying to reschedule Harry's colonoscopy because, you know, that shit's super important. And that, that, was, that was something else that really fucking bothered me about, like, was all this medical shit. Like, they would talk about colonoscopies and fucking period, flash periods and whatever. And it was just, like, the grossest, most inane, you know what I mean? Like, in the Golden Girls, there was lots of stuff. There were heart attacks. There was like strokes. There was, there. they had lots of different issues that came up, but humorous. Not like all of us going, oh my God, are they seriously talking about this? It's like, and just like that, tried to gross you out and scare you. <laughs> oh my God, I'm terrified. About what middle age is going to look like. Oh my God, it's awful. It's so awful. 
And it's like... That whole flash period thing. Okay, we're going to get We're going to get there? Yeah, okay, yeah, we won't yeah. talk about it now. The next episode is like one of my least favorites. And it's where Carrie is fucking... And you can... It, it, they kind of work up to it. You don't notice it at first. But Carrie's starting to use a cane or an umbrella because she can't walk properly. She's limping around all over She's the place. She's limping around. And it turns out she has a congenital hip problem not the fact that she hasn't seen the inside of a gym in 50 years okay and this is what fucking bothered me and that's this is when you were like this is why you're triggered is because you're not that much younger than these women and they're all fucking fragile as shit yeah and you're out there choking people out on mats and (laughs) and getting up at five in the morning to work out and and doing all this kind of stuff and this is the thing like carrie she doesn't eat very well she doesn't cook no. She's 55 years old. She still can't make a decent fucking pot of coffee. She can't even make coffee from a drip. This isn't a fancy espresso no, machine. It's I, a I mean, drip coffee machine. I Literally, can't work your weird machine. But. No, but you know what? But a drip coffee machine is pour water in, mm. put grounds in a filter, push button. Yeah. That scene where her coffee machine is overflowing, it's like you can't physically put that no, much water into I know, it. I know. It's ridiculous. The only time it flows everywhere is if you forget to put the pot underneath. Right. Like if you left it in the dishwasher because you were washing it and then you forgot to put it in. That sounds eerily specific. It's a very specific example, but I'm just that good at creating examples. It did. It did happen. It did happen to me. (laughs) And this is where this episode pissed me off particularly because, yeah, if you hadn't been eating like shit, smoking your head off and never seen the inside of a gym carry, maybe you wouldn't be in this situation right now. You live in a fucking walk up. You have to do stairs every day to go I to and from your apartment. Know. How are you that out of shape? She has to go for surgery. Mm-hmm. And so then Charlotte goes into mommy mode and creates a schedule for everybody to look after her. Yeah. Her Dead husband just recently left a million dollars to his ex and Carrie can't afford to hire a fucking nurse? Yeah, why does everybody have to fucking do shit for Carrie? Yeah. Bring her a lasagna once in a while yes. and call it a day. Come in and visit. Yeah. But like changing her bedpan and doing all this like... Like what? Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. That was so ridiculous. And then Che shows up to bring Carrie some food. Yeah. And Carrie basically says, no, I don't want to see anybody. So Miranda goes downstairs to share this food with Che. And you can see this chemistry. It's the only chemistry in the entire show, by the way. Yeah. The only chemistry between anybody. And there's an episode or there's a a scene where it's Miranda's turn to help Carrie at home. And she's supposed to like help her to the bathroom and shit. And Che comes over with a bottle of tequila, which I don't understand why that is. And Che likes to party. And this is probably the sexiest scene in the entire series where Che and Miranda are in Carrie's kitchen. Doing tequila shots. And smoking pot. Smoke well, Che's smoking it and blowing it into into Miranda's mouth. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Che basically fingers Miranda in the kitchen. Yeah, she finger blasts her. And Miranda comes harder than she's ever come in her life and falls instantly in love with Che yeah. and realizes like, this is what I've been missing. Yep. And and that that's another, she just, kind of, I forget which, where, like which conversation that they have where she basically just blurts out, oh, and Steve and I haven't had sex in years. And everybody's like, wait, what? Like their relationship has always been very sexual and Steve has always been very sexual. And the intimation was that Steve was really, really good at the sex. 
Yeah. Because he's a bartender. But you're right. He he was cute. He used to go home with all sorts of chicks. Yeah. And a bartender. But they set it up early on in the in the in the season where they have this little like we're gonna make fancy Sundays every night and that's their like ritual. They right. come home. Brady's banging his girlfriend upstairs and they make Sundays and watch documentaries or some shit. Do you think that is often a replacement for the sexual relationship is food? I think for a lot of people, their intimacy, Uh how they express or experience intimacy changes. And I think food can be one of the ways that they can replace because of the senses that food lights up, I think uh-huh. it's an easy replacement. Uh-huh. Like the Indian food and the fish and chip place and yeah, yeah. all the things. Another oddly specific example you seem to be pulling out of nowhere. I'm not sure I'm not sure what you're trying to do there, B. Oh, my God. I heard so many stories about all the food you used to get. Well, you But know. anyways, so I think that you're right. I think that's that's an interesting, I think a lot of people could relate to that. Yeah. Where it's like, well, let's do this food ritual because we don't have a sex ritual anymore, so... And Steve addresses it later on and being like, I'm happy. Like, I like doing these things. Right. Aren't you? Yeah, but I... Yeah, well, yeah. Well, in, in the episode that you're talking about where where Miranda and, and Che end up making out in Carrie's apartment, her and Carrie have a big falling out over this. Well, Carrie... Okay, so the problem is... <laughs> is that they start out trying to be quiet because Carrie's sleeping. Right. And then they wake Carrie up because they're drinking and being loud. And then finger banging is loud. Yeah, like Carrie sees Miranda's orgasm or something. She's like, Miranda, I need you because she has to go pee. And Miranda can't hear her because she's busy having sex in her kitchen with Che. blasted. And so Carrie has to pee in a Snapple jar. Yeah. Snapple bottle and she misses and pees all over her bed and it's like Carrie what are you doing no 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 she doesn't she, oh, she, that's right. she's successful then she puts it up on the bed oh and, and it, it falls, falls over, over and she pours it and yeah, pu- she right. pours it out she doesn't put the lid back on it she just pours it out right that's and right and then she gets mad at Miranda and then and then it all comes out that Miranda's drinking because she's unhappy right in her relationship and, and again I feel like there's kind of a couple of things about this Carrie is super shamey yeah about it because, you know, my husband's dead, you know. My husband's dead and I had hip surgery. And I have had hip surgery. I don't care you, what the fuck's going on with you, Miranda. You have the nerve to have sex in my kitchen. Like, come on, what's the matter with you? You know, you're cheating on Steve. Steve. Like, at least you have a husband who's alive. Because <laughs> mine's dead and in my closet. And a lot of people were talking about, well, you know, the entire Miranda storyline of the first movie was Steve cheating on Miranda and her like, basically like, fuck you, we're broken up. And it's like, now it's okay that she does it? Mm. Is it is it okay because there isn't a dick involved? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. There's a double standard there in there, I'm sure. Do you think? Do you think that's the same? Miranda cheating on Che? Or cheating nope. with Che versus Steve fucking another woman? Yeah. It. I mean, well, technically it's the same. Technically it is the same. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter what genitalia are involved. It is sex with another person outside of what is presumed to be a monogamous commitment. Fair. It doesn't matter what the gender of the person is. You've broken that agreement. That's true. So that's kind of where that leaves off, right? right? Is like, okay, now. But I think that Carrie's treatment, continued treatment of her friends and her willingness to ignore how unhappy they are just because 
well, you can't beat the dead husband. Yeah. It doesn't matter what your problem is. I have a trump card. His name is Dead Husband. Right. Like, come on. It's really, it's really shitty. Miranda kicks the drinking habit, basically, from that point forward. Yeah, she trades it for, like, compulsive masturbation. Yeah. they and Because they, now she just fantasizes about Che the whole time. Yeah, and they, they acknowledge it at one of their brunch sessions where everybody is drinking, like, sparkling pop or something oh, like that. Oh, um, at the picnic. At the picnic, yeah, yeah. Like, Miranda's trying to cut, you know, she's going cold turkey. Mm-hmm. And Charlotte's super, that's when Charlotte finds out about her and Che. And how does Charlotte react? And Charlotte is super fucking judgy about it. Yeah, because I think, again, Steve does it and it's not okay. Yeah. But she does it and it's okay. Yeah. I mean, at least it's consistent with Charlotte's values. That's true. She, Yeah, 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 yeah. To denounce it. Yeah, she's she's always kind of been that way. Very traditional. But I find, again, I find her character, like, she overmeddles in her children's lives. Oh, she is a helicopter parent it's to the extreme. It's brutal. And she, she's a lot more pearl-clutchy than I remember her. Yeah. I mean, you got to remember, like, this is the character in Sex and the City that didn't want to be known as Up the Buck Girl. Yeah. I went to Smith. But it's not that she didn't want to have anal sex. It's that if she did, she'd be known as somebody who has anal sex. Right. And Charlotte, 20 years later, seems completely mystified and horrified by any kind of sexual desire outside of a monogamous relationship. Like, it just seems completely foreign to her. Right. It's just, it's, it's such a, yeah, I mean, there's so much wrong with the way they've treated these characters. They didn't just do the male characters dirty. They did all the characters dirty. Yeah, I agree. In this reboot. Yeah. Carrie writes a book about her grief. Oh, right. God, fuck this book. (laughs) And it's so awful. And she meets with her editor, who is the first fat person that you see in the entire series. Yeah, yeah. Like from the 90s until now. So we've got an Asian guy who dates... A woman in a wheelchair who has some kind of congenital deformity or something like that. We've got a fat woman. Right. We have a couple of... We have a couple of theys. Yeah, a couple of theys. A couple of people of color. Yes. Like, they're just ticking the, like, woke bingo card Ticking all the boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Can you think of any other fat characters in the Sex and the City franchise? Mm -mm. There are none. No. And so they throw one of those in. Yeah, because, you know, we got to be inclusive. Why not? Yeah. And she basically says, you know, this is great, but we need something at the end for the readers to be hopeful. You know, can you add like a date epilogue? And keep in mind, this is eight months after Big's death. Yeah. And she's like, you want me to go on a date just so that I can? And she seems so like offended by this suggestion. And both of us were like, you're a writer. You can't make up an epilogue date. Like, you yeah. can't fucking make that shit like, up. Who's going to fact check you to be like, I don't think you actually went on a date, Gary yeah, that Bradshaw. That sounds fake. That just sounds like made the up. Entire, that sounds made up like this entire series. Yeah, just make it up. If make it's it that, up. If it's that much of a fucking problem, pretend. Pretend. Write some uh, fiction. Pretend. Yeah. <laughs> and that this is something that gets treated in the Golden Girls. Oh, yeah? Well, yeah. Like, the women date a lot. Like, oh, right. Yeah. I mean, from the first episode, Blanche is dating. We don't know how long ago she lost her husband. Right. There's a really cute episode 
where Rose meets this guy that she really likes and he wants to take her away to the Bahamas for the weekend. Right. <laughs> and she's all like freaked out. Because they're going to go on a cruise. Because they're going to go on a cruise yep. with a stateroom and a bed. I've done that cruise. Have you? Yeah, it's like a three day to the Bahamas and back. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah. Lovely. I mean, I wasn't, it wasn't in the 80s with, no. with Blanche, but... Okay. Yeah. You mean Rose? Oh, sorry, with Rose. Yeah. yeah. And, and they talk about you know, what it's like to move forward right. from your, you know, when you've lost your spouse, you know, to start dating again. Well, and, and especially because Rose says she was a virgin. She was a virgin and her first time was on her wedding night. And and her ex-husband is the only person, obviously the only person she's ever had sex yeah. with. And so it's kind of like, eh. Yeah. And, and they're like, you know, you know, if you feel comfortable, like you'll know when it's, when it's right. And they're very, very, you know, they make, obviously they make jokes about it because that's, that's the way the show is. It's a sitcom. Yeah, it's funny. But they talk about that a lot about, you know, how, but they don't like agonize at, well, I'm a widow and my husband's dead, you know, like date, continuing to date and have sex is just what you do. You move forward. Yeah. You didn't die with them. It's perfectly acceptable. But, you know, it's coming up on a year and Carrie's like, oh, no. I, you know what I mean? So yeah. she goes out on this date. Seema signs her up for a bunch of dating apps, which is also a little bit weird. Yes. Like, don't you have anything better to do? Number one real estate agent in New York? Yeah. It, she, she seems to have a lot of time for a Carrie. A lot of time. A lot of time. Red flag. She takes her... <laughs> red flag. Yeah. She takes her to her family's Diwali celebration yeah nice nice cultural appropriation on the part of super appropriation this is another thing carrie just wants the outfit she doesn't give a fuck yeah what it's for and this woman can't go to the bathroom by herself but she can do this intricate fucking braid and ribbon shit to her hair flowers in her hair yeah like who's doing but you can't piss by yourself i know right come on (laughs) come on the closest you know what the closest carrie gets to actually having any kind of desire for anyone else is her physical therapist after her. Oh, which also they're like, ah, your insurance only pays for this ugly fat guy. Yeah, you yeah. want the good looking guy. You want the good looking guy. He's more expensive. And it's like, also, how are you even dealing with this when you're a millionaire? I know. A well, millionaire. I mean, widow. to her credit, she does go. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to pay extra for that. Thank you. I want the hot but guy. Why is that even a thing? Well, because you and, know. and you know what. That's a little bit shitty. Yeah, the other guys seem to. What if, what if the what if the fat ugly guy is a better physiotherapist than the hot Australian guy? Fuck that guy. You don't know. What did the guy from Sex Life show up as a as a ther- <laughs> as a as a physical therapist? That's one dick we didn't see in this show, but we saw some other dicks. <laughs> we saw Harry's dick. We saw a stunt dick that a was supposed dick. to be Harry's dick. Yeah, I think you know Miranda tries to reignite her sex life with Steve. Yeah, and this was something it made me laugh. Where you were so like so. She tries to recreate the finger banging in the kitchen yeah. scene. Yeah. And he's like, she's like, you know, why don't you like put a finger in me or whatever? And he's like, oh, okay, cool. And he goes to wash his hands and she's annoyed. And you're like, they were cutting up food. Like, yeah, that's He's just, being considerate. Yeah. What, what do you want? A fucking urinary tract infection? Like, what's going on there? And so how all of a sudden does like Steve with all the moves become this like awkward, bumbling plodding, idiot? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just... He's out of practice because they haven't fucked in who knows how long. But he can still, you know, beat the shit out of a Sunday, though, can he? With the, oh, yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, except like, fuck the chia seeds. Hey, who puts chia seeds in a Sunday? 
Come on. What do you think about Charlotte and Harry's fight after their tennis match? Oh, she yeah. she really wants to. She's super competitive. She really wants to win. Yeah. They're playing tennis against Lisa, um, and, her Lisa and her husband. And she knocks him over. She knocks Charlotte knocks Harry over yeah. to get a game point. And they're leaving. And he says, I would like for you. I think you owe me an apology. And she refuses. Yeah. Like I did what I need to do to win. Right. What do you think about that fight? She even accuses him of mansplaining mm-hmm. to him, to her. I think Charlotte was out of line. I think Charlotte should have apologized. And I think Harry was justified in being like, what are you doing? If your partner is hurt by you, feels wronged by you, whether you did it on purpose or not, do you apologize? Yeah. Yes. But you know what? We're not the right people to ask because <laughs> because we are Canadian. And oh, we apologize for we everything? Apo- I bump, somebody bumps into me and I say sorry. Like that's just the way we do things in this country. Right. We're, being polite is like our stereotype. Right. So apologizing seems like a no-brainer, but I guess if you're a jaded Manhattanite... I mean, no shade. I don't know. People from New York, tell us if we're wrong. But yeah, no, that was shitty. And and then, But Charlotte doubled down on that, she and it did. became like a hill she was going to die on. Yeah, and I think, I think that kind of stuff does real damage to a yeah. relationship. Yeah. And one of the things that I loved about the Golden Girls is that no matter what kind of conflict there was either between the girls or between one of the women and their children or their Mm. ex, you know, Dorothy's ex or whatever it was, there was always a resolution and some kind of making peace with it. Yeah. yeah. Nobody, like, I'm going to die on that hill. And I think that that that's one of the things that made it really satisfying is that you always had that resolution. You always had... That willingness to find a compromise. Right. Right? One of the other sort of direct comparisons is when they start talking about menopause. And you know me, like, I hate that kind of shit. I know. Start, I know you like, do. Talking about that kind of yeah. stuff. And it's like, oh, well, you know, I, oh, yeah, like hot flat. Blah. And it's like, no one, no one wants this. Nobody wants to, like, read Jennifer Gunter's book, The Manipause Manifesto. Like, we don't need this. In our television. Like, that's that's too much. Yeah. And the Golden Girls have this great episode where Blanche is late. Her period is late. And she thinks she's pregnant. Okay. Because when you're 50, that's possible, right? Yeah. It's possible. I mean, it's possible. And she takes a pregnancy test and she finds out she's not pregnant. She's in menopause. The pregnancy and- test told her that? No, 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 no. Like oh. she, she's negative. Oh, but okay. she like she goes, she goes to the doctor. Right, she finds right, out right, she right, went right. Menopause, and I think the way they treat like what it means when you get your period, what it means when it stops, and the different the different perspectives. Like Dorothy's, like I fucking love it. Like you don't have cramps once a month. You don't get crazy once a month. You don't have to buy feminine yeah. hygiene. And products. then Sophia pipes up and says, "You just grow a beard," you know. And it's like, yeah. oh my god, right? But it's treated with humor and there's different perspectives for people and that's what i think was so great about the show is that you had these four different women and they all had different perspectives on every issue right and you're just not getting that in this series oh my god there's an episode in and just like that where lily gets her 
her period for the first time. Yep. And no, 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 no. She's not, not the first her... time, but no, it, no, no, no. it's she's decided she wants to use tampons. Oh, that's now. right. That's right. And I told you from the very beginning of that episode, they kept putting Charlotte in white. <laughs> And I'm yep. like, there's going to be blood on her clothing. Yes, yes, I thought yes. it was going to be her kid's blood. And yet it just ended up being Charlotte's blood. Yeah. She had this like She was wearing a painter's period. smock. Yeah. And she had a flash period. Oh, my God. And everybody treated her like it was just... And she was just like, oh, I'm... I'm, 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 I'm she, she was just this like twittering fool. Yeah. And I don't know. I I can always tell when my vag gushes blood i'm always acutely aware of <laughs> Does that that seem like an odd thing for people not to know i felt like it was odd that she didn't realize she it. had no clue no clue and it's like i always know when there's blood gushing from my vag i can always tell it's like <laughs> oh that was bad i've made faces before i'm pretty sure like i've been in the middle of a conversation with someone and just kind of been like Oh, <laughs> wow, that was a lot, right? Yeah. So dumb. Very different between the Golden Girls and between, and just like that. Yes. Ugh. Yes. There's a weird energy through the whole thing of fakeness and fake wokeness and just shoving things in. Yeah. And I just felt like the number of issues and situations that the Golden Girls had covered. And mind you, they had seven seasons to cover a lot of stuff. But they were, let me sum it up with this. I felt like the Golden Girls were ahead of their time. And just like that is behind. It's not even just behind its time. It's behind the original series. Yeah. In its relevance to the culture it's trying to portray. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Sex in the City was more fucking progressive. Yeah. Because of Samantha. Yeah, there it is. Because of Samantha. Yeah. And doing that series without her, I think, was, is, and will always be the biggest misstep. You know what I mean? Yeah. She, I think they grossly underestimated. Her contribution to to it. Yeah. And you know what? I wish that I could sit next to Kim Cattrall and, and watch the series with her. Like, I feel like... She would just kind of curl up with with some snacks and her dog and just go, oh, baby, let's, you know let's do this. I hope one day I get to meet Kim Cattrall. And mm-hmm. all I'm going to say to her is, I'm so glad you didn't yeah. participate in Slow it just like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And like, how you doing? Yeah. Well, and also. <laughs> if you're listening, Kim. <laughs> Tag her in show. the episode. <laughs> so before we go, I just wanted to give a little bit of a list Okay. Of some of the things that the Golden Girls covered in the episodes. Right, in their seven seasons. And I want to reiterate 1985 to 1991. Okay? Sexual health, sexual harassment, organ transplant, nudism, immigration, AIDS, financial issues, fears and phobias, motherhood, loneliness, misogyny, race, Sex, disabilities, marriage equality, love scams, transgender, adoption, anxiety, therapy, body shaming, euthanasia, false imprisonment, sex workers, impotence, interracial relationships. Like, 
That's a lot. Bro, that's a lot for the late 80s. With a bunch of... Transgender and love scams yeah, alone. Like absolutely. We're we're getting ready to watch the Tinder Swindler, man. Yeah, some documentary Super just showed up about excited. about that. Yeah. Like, is that one of like the only like true crime episode like true oh, crime documentaries you. you're gonna watch with yeah, me? Yeah, no, I'm gonna watch that yeah. with you and I'm gonna watch that Cosby one with you. They were politically active. They were social activists as well. Like there was a lot of like causes and things like that. They did a lot of volunteering. Was the intonation that they were probably Democrats in in, in based on their belief uh, structure? Yes, it seemed yeah. like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just think, you know, if you've never seen the series, it's worth going through. Obviously, not everything is going to stand up. Yeah, some stuff is going to be dated. There's there's no some way to get around that. Some stuff is going to be dated, but I think that in the time period that they made this series, the treatment of stuff was very thoughtful for the time and super relevant. Do you think, let's hold it up to another show that's had several seasons like that. Okay. Do you think Golden Girls holds up as well or better to Friends? Yes. As well or better? Better than Better friends. than Friends. Yeah, because yeah. Friends yeah. got some cringy stuff in there. There's some cringy shit in there. Yeah. 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 And I ignore it because... Because it's friends. Because it's friends. And there's a lot more good stuff in it than the I mean, stuff. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we talk about that in that other episode about, you know, how they miss the mark in a bunch of different ways. Yeah. But but it's it's background noise. Yeah. It's background noise. So, dear listeners... Yeah. I know we said it before, <laughs> but this is absolutely the last time... <laughs> We are going to talk about Sex and the City yeah. or its iterations. We're not going to do the movies. No, we're not going to do the movies. We're not going to do the movies. If there's a second season of this, we might tell you it's garbage or it's worth watching. But I, where no. where this leaves off, I don't think there's a hope in hell. I don't care. That anymore. it's going to be. This has ruined a lot for me. Yeah. It's ruined a lot for And me. if you were a fan of the original series, I would advise you, this is not worth your time. I mean, people are going to watch it anyway, just for curiosity's sake. I found it offensive on so many levels. Yeah. I think if you're a woman. I am. Specifically. It's offensive. It's offensive because it is going to challenge in a bad way a lot of what you think aging is going to be. It scares a lot of people. Unnecessarily so. If I wasn't as old as I am right now. Yeah, like if you were in your you know, late 30s, early 40s. It would terrify me. Yeah, it's like, yeah. this is what I, I have to look I, forward to? I would to? want to give up. Yeah. I would want to give up right now. And let me tell you, don't. Yeah. It's going to be fine. I was triggered, so you don't have to be. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Great to see everybody. Yeah, apologies for the delay, but it's nice to be back. We missed you. Yeah, we missed you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.